Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Amen. How many of you are grateful for all that the Lord is doing? Oh, yeah. Amen. I don't know about you, but there is a stirring in my heart for the things of God like never before. Um, amen. Marissa, you want to turn these lights off? There's a stirring in my heart for the things of God like never before. Um, this season of revival in Kanawha, it's been incredible. Um, but man, has it been challenging. The Lord is really, really pulling on us. Um, you know, it's, I'm going to talk about this today, but I found myself again in a season where what I've been doing is not enough. What I've been doing is just not enough. It's not it's not satisfying. It's not satisfying to do the minimum anymore. It's not satisfying to work five days a week and go through the motions and change diapers and eat meals and just go on with life uh, like normal. When the Lord, we know he's calling us and he's pulling us. He's nudging us in a certain direction and um, we are, are willing to go. But yeah, Ayla, she was texting me. I, had a, I missed revival on Friday. I was not very happy about that. Um, I scheduled the detail. I even tried to get them to cancel, and they wouldn't even schedule. They wouldn't even cancel or reschedule with me. I tried everything, and they would not budge. Um, but I was trying to do the right thing and do what I told them I was going to do. Um, so I did the detail, and I thought, you know, if I get done about seven o'clock, I'll just head that direction. I'll be there by eight thirty, catch a little bit of the service, and it'll be good. I didn't get done till almost eight thirty. Um, so that wasn't very fun. Amen. But. Um, while I was doing that detail, the Lord dropped something in my spirit, and I was like, oh, man. He started talking with me, and then Ayla texted me and said, hey, pastor said you're preaching on Sunday. And I'm like, well, now that makes sense. The Lord had to get that to me pretty quick. Um, amen. So I had very little time to prepare, but when the Lord is speaking, it's always good. Amen. And he was dealing with me about something that's really, really close uh, to my flesh, something that it, I didn't realize um, what it is that he was, he was really talking with me about. You know, I bookmarked this scripture, and I did not bookmark the right scripture. Um, amen. But he began to deal with me about something, and uh, I'm just going to use the iPad, just like what you said. Um, he began to deal with me about something because, you know, I'm in this time and in this, in this season where I am desperate, just like that song, I am desperate for what it is that God, what, what God is doing right now. I'm desperate to know what he's saying. I'm desperate to hear his voice every single day. I wake up and I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with yesterday's word. I'm not satisfied with what he was saying last week. There's a hunger and a thirst that is, it's been unquenchable. And in these revival meetings, man, the first night of revival, when Pastor Ziggy grabbed that microphone, it was on. I mean, it, there was no introduction. The, the Holy Spirit began to speak through him, and we were in revival. And I immediately became aware of the fact that there were things in my life that needed adjustment. And um, while I was working on this car on Friday, the Lord brought a scripture up. It was Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 1. We know the scripture. Um, let me pull it up real quick. We know this scripture well. It's a scripture that Pastor Ziggy teaches on. And uh, it's awesome. I'm going to read in the King James also. Um, let's see here. We know verse 19, it says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. That's a great scripture, right? 
We love that scripture because, you know, most of us find ourselves to be willing and obedient, right? We're obedient to do the word of God. We do our very best to do when we hear his voice to do what he tells us to do. And I was thinking, that's the scripture that he dropped in my spirit. And I was thinking about it. And when I, you know, heard him say that, if you, if you would be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I said, Lord, I'm willing. And he said, are you? And I was like, I knew what was coming. I, I mean, I, I already knew that my relationship with God, that I know when he's going to talk to me about something serious. And I knew what was coming. And he said, are you willing? And I said, Lord, I'm willing. I'm doing a whole lot of stuff right now. I'm willing. I'm willing. And he says, I don't care what you're doing. I'm like, just talk to me, Lord. Just talk to me. Let me down easy here. So I began to read this scripture. I really listened to it. I began to listen to the scripture because um, I was cleaning. By the way, this detail, it was nasty. It was, a na- it was a single cab truck, and it was nasty. So I was especially mad. While I'm cleaning and I'm hearing the Lord talk to me, I'm vacuuming and vacuuming and vacuuming. And just when I think I'm done vacuuming, I wipe off the dash, and then I have to vacuum all over again because the dash was so dirty and disgusting. It was horrible. Um, so I was really mad that I missed revival. But I was listening to this scripture, and I read it to Ayla, I think, that evening or uh, maybe yesterday, last night. Um, this, this chapter 1 um, talks about Isaiah in in a vision and a dream that he uh, had. And I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to kind of bounce around. You don't have to put them all up there, Marissa, because I'm going to bounce around quite a bit. But what is cool about this scripture, um, chapter 1 all the way through that verse uh, 20, um, talks about Isaiah and this vision that he saw and talks about uh, the nation of Judah, the tribe of Judah. And what I thought it was so cool because when we think about Judah, you know, we know that Jesus came from that lineage. We know all that God did. But here in this scripture, Isaiah hears from the Lord and the Lord says, you're no better than Sodom and Gomorrah. And I, when I, I hadn't really read it that way before. When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is Judah we're talking about here. He was saying, you're no better than Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, verse 2, it says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. What he was saying is, my people have rebelled against me. How many of you have fallen into that category of rebelling against the Lord? You know, we think about rebelling against God as being, you know, some dark, secret, crazy sin, uh, murder, or, um, you know, th- things on that level, something real serious. You know, sometimes rebelling against God's not lifting your hands in worship. You know, his word very clearly says to lift up holy hands to him. So you know, anytime that you have that urgency and God paints a picture in your heart and you see yourself lifting your hands in worship and you are disobedient to what what you've seen or you you sit down or you you step back, that's rebelling against the Lord. And, uh, you know, sometimes rebelling against God is a bad attitude. Sometimes rebellion uh, results in in a bad attitude. I've had a bad attitude. Ayla can tell you all about him. Uh, oh, by the way, I almost forgot. I was going to open up with that. Happy birthday to Ayla. Amen. I've told her about 300 times today. I told her, I said, I'm so glad it's your birthday. I love, I don't even really care about my birthday like that, but Ayla's birthday, I'm pretty pumped for. Um, Ayla is awesome. She is a big time blessing. She's not just a blessing to me, but I believe everyone she comes in contact with. Y'all wouldn't believe 
how big of a blessing she is. I and mean, we've encountered people on the streets that were so contrary to what Ayla had to say. There was this little boy one time, he's probably 10 years old, right? I mean, he was little in Bricktown. And Ayla said, hey, how are you doing? Do you know God loves you and has a good plan for your life? And he laughed. And what did he say? Yeah, he said, your people don't like people like me. And man, I was already, immediately he said that and I wanted to smack him. I was in the flesh like that. Um, like, who do you think you're talking to right now? You do not talk to her that way. You know, and that's, I was literally about to say something. And Ayla said, uh, she goes on to, to witness to him. She's like, that's okay. You don't have to be a believer. You, whatever, whatever it is that you think, we're not all like that. And I love you. I want you to know that, that I love you. This little boy says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I judged you. And I was thinking that you were going to judge me. And I judged you. I'm so sorry. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. She's like, uh, who's the Disney princess that talks to the animals? She's like Snow White, like everything just loves her. It's crazy, it's, it's wild. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but happy birthday, Ayla. I'm excited to celebrate with you. I told her, I said, we're gonna celebrate all month, whether you want to or not. Every single day, we're celebrating your birthday. Amen. Amen, I better get back into this though. But the nation of Judah was rebelling against God. And here in these scriptures, it doesn't really talk about some real bad things that happen here. It talks about things that I believe is really a reflection of not just the church, or not just this country in the United States, but the church of the United States. Um, verse four, it says, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. <clears throat> They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. It says, why should you be stricken anymore? You revolt more and more. Your whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. Um, let me skip around here a little bit too. Verse 7, your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate and overthrown by strangers. Amen. Verse 8, it says, And the daughter of Zion is, is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as, as a lodge in, the garden of cucumber, in a garden of cucumbers, um, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word, uh, verse 10, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom, Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? And this is really what I wanted to get into. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offering of rams. You know what he was saying? I'm tired of that. It's not working anymore. You're just going through the motions. It's not costing you anything. Man, that's the season that we have been in since the beginning of the year. It has to cost, every time that we gather, the Lord is requiring more of us. Like never before. He's not just letting us sit and be comfortable any longer. I don't believe that anybody that comes into this building is comfortable just sitting any longer, just sitting, not participating in what it is that God is doing. I don't believe that the Lord's allowing that anymore. In a previous season, I believe that the Lord allowed that. I believe that that was permissible. But in this season, it's no longer per permissible. It's no longer something that the Lord is allowing us to do. He's not allowing us to be satisfied with the bare minimum, not the bare minimum of what he's doing and not the bare minimum of what we have to offer. And you know, we think about things like this. Oh, I have no value. I have no, no, uh, I have no value. I am of, of no value. I don't have anything to offer him. He has so much better. You know, the truth of the word of God is this. That's all right. 
You have no value, or really you had no value, but you were bought with a price, amen. Your value changed when Jesus died on the cross and he was raised from the dead and he said that you were, you were the righteousness of God in him. Your value changed, amen. Amen. So now we think about this. What, Lord, what is it that you want? What is it that you want me to give? What is it that I have to offer? And you know what his response is, especially in this season? He says this, everything, all that you are and all that you have, I want you to give to me. Because if you give it to me, I have so much better for you. I'll give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'll cause men to give into, you, into your bosom. And with the same measure that you uh, meet out, it'll be measured unto you again. That's what he has for us. Amen. And I believe that in this season right now, as he's requiring more and more, he's giving more and more. You know, Pastor Ziggy's been talking about, I'm going a way different direction than I plan on going to. As Pastor Ziggy's been talking about revelation being progressive, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, the reason that revelation is progressive is because... We, my people begin to understand and to see different aspects of my love. And when they hear my word through a new aspect of my love, it's altogether different. That's where we're at right now. Christ has revealed his love in a different measure to us, in a way that we haven't seen before. When we looked into the mirror of the word of God, the reflection that we saw back wasn't us, it was him. And when we saw him, it caused us to hear his word differently. That's why we're transformed and challenged and changed in this season, amen? And a lot of times it leads to frustration because challenge and change is tough. Challenge and change sucks. I just changed jobs um, a month ago, a little over a month ago, and man, I'm, I love it. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But the change of that job, it sucks. It sucks having to do things differently, how to learn, how to learn new processes and get in different routines. I told Ayla, I'm like, every day with this new job, because I work from home full time now, I'm committing. I am not just going to roll out of bed and just start working. I'm not doing that. I'm going to get up. I'm going to have a routine, whether that's sit and read the word for a little bit or wake up and uh, do something, do something specific, get ready. I'm not just going to sit around in my PJs all day, even though I want to so bad. I just want to sit around and relax. Unfortunately, I can't do that. I have a lot of video meetings, but um, I'm committed to that, but the, the challenge of that, man, it, it sucks, the change, it sucks. Getting in a routine, getting my desk, I have rearranged, I only have two monitors on my desk, I've rearranged my desk three different times. It's just two monitors in my computer, that's it. I've rearranged it three different times, and I have an Amazon package sitting on my porch right now, I'm gonna rearrange it again later today when we get home from revival, amen. Um, but challenge and change sucks. And when the Lord is pulling us, when he's pulling on us and he's tugging at us and he's saying, I don't just want your stuff. I want all of you. I want everything that you are, all that you have and all that you are. It's difficult. And there's a frustration that can rise up as a result of that. I believe that was what was happening in, in Isaiah um, because the Lord was talking to Judah and saying, you have gone your own way. You've done your own thing, and now you're just going through the motions. You're just trying to appease me, and I'm not a God that will just be appeased. I'm not pleased with just part of you. I'm not pleased with just a little bit of you. I require it all. Amen. He's saying, I'm full on those burnt offerings. Let me find my place again here. There it is. I'm full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. How many of you know those are things that God required from them? Oh, yeah. Those aren't bad things. 
Those are things that he required. He said, this is what I want you to do. And not just that, he told them a crazy way of doing it, a very specific way of doing it, of offering those things, and for very specific reasons. Thank God we don't live in that time because some of y'all would have gotten Ananias and Sapphira here today this morning when the Lord said, lift your hands, and you sat there and did nothing. Boom, Ananias and Sapphira. No, just joking. We talk about that a lot, though. About there are different things that come up in our life, different tests that come up. Um, it's you know not really a test from God, but a test of our of our um, faith in Him, a test of believing His word or not believing His word. And I'll tell Ayla, I'm not getting Ananias and Sapphira over this. We're passing this test. I refuse. I'm not going to be one that holds back from the Lord. He can have it all. I will not do that. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Amen. Amen. Isaac. He's looking at me with his eyes all big. Amen. You got a word? <laughs> but the Lord, he's saying, I'm full of that. I'm no longer satisfied with that. I delight not in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of the goats. Oh, that didn't say the goats. It says he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Man, that, doesn't that sound like the church today? A vain offering, a vain worship, a worship that you're offering for an appearance uh, just on you so your pastor sees that you're doing good. I got news for you. Your, your pastor, Pastor Ziggy, Pastor Annie, when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a trial... You're the only one that's fooled into thinking that nobody else knows, especially Pastor Ziggy and Annie. Pastor Ziggy, he just knows stuff. It's crazy. We were talking last night. We went to dinner, and I was telling Pastor Ziggy, I said, we try to coach some people because not everybody has been around you when you're in a season of revival. Not everybody has tried to have a conversation with you in that season of revival. Sometimes, you know, you go, Pastor Ziggy will be in revival, and you'll go up to him, and you'll talk to him, and you'll try to have a normal conversation with him, and you'll walk away thinking, did I do something? What's wrong? You know, just, just because of where he's at and what the Lord is doing. He's not in a normal mode right now. He's not in Pastor Ziggy mode right now. He's, he is full on in revival. And uh, Pastor Ziggy knows things. He, the Lord shows him things. Um, that shouldn't scare you. That should be a delight to you, that the Lord would reveal things to him. Me and Ayla, we talk about this, and of course, we're real close with Pastor Ziggy, and I think that that's a part of why we don't get all the words that everybody else gets, because we talk a lot. But Ayla, she's like, I want a mom word. I want a word that, that Pastor Ziggy says the Lord's telling me I'm going to be a good mom. I want a word about a baby. I want Isaac to get a word, you know, these different things. And we delight knowing that the Lord speaks to our pastor. We delight knowing that. Um, amen, that was just a little side note. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't try to hide anything. There shouldn't be something working in you that says, I need to worship in a certain way so nobody knows that, that something is going on. No, you need to offer worship to God because that's your key to your breakthrough. That's, the, that's your only way out is praise and worship. That's your only way out of the struggle is praise and worship. It's your only way out. Whether it's a financial difficulty, a struggle in a relationship, whatever the case may be, your only way out is, is doing the word of God, lifting him up, amen, putting, your, putting him before yourself, preferring him and preferring his way, amen. He says, incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of the assemblies, I, can't, I cannot away with, it is iniquity. 
Even the solemn meeting, what he's saying is, all this stuff that you're doing, you're doing for you. You're not doing it for me. You missed it because you decided to do this in your own, the power of your own might, in your own intellect. You thought that I would like this. God didn't call you to think. I mean, he gave you a brain to reason and things like that. But when it comes to things of the spirit, the Lord didn't call you to think about those things. You know, there are so many people in the body of Christ that are striving to gain intellect. And the Lord is like, why? What's the point? When you can have revelation or intellect, choose revelation. Amen. Amen. Choose revelation. Revelation transforms your life. Amen. The first revelation that the Lord ever gave me, um, I was driving. I remember where I was driving. I remember the time of day and everything, the car that I was in, I know exactly where I was at. I had to pull over because the Lord spoke to me and he said, he, he told me a scripture and he said, I love you. It was the first revelation that I ever really got. Of course, we know God loves us, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Everybody knows that God loves you. It's a whole different thing when you're not reading it and he says it and he tells you, I love you. Immediately, I'm in tears. I'm like, I love you too, Lord. You know, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I needed that in that moment. I've had those moments over the years. Um, but when we do it in our own might, he says, it is iniquity. Even the solemn meeting, your new, mo your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. This is what the Lord's saying. The Lord is saying, you've done it your own way. You're the one that said, you need to gather you may be offering a vain worship to me, but it's still just you gathering. I didn't call you to this. Amen. I don't want to gather without him. That's where I'm at right now. I don't want to get together without him. I don't want to get together and him not show up. I don't want to get together and him not be here. You know, the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's the truth of his word. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But life is a whole lot better when we find what he's doing and where he's moving and what he's saying and moving with him. Amen. He said, I will hide mine eyes from you when you, make pray when you make many prayers. I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. I think that that's so awesome because all of those things that he was requiring from them, Jesus paid the price for, for us. All of those things that he was requiring, he's saying, make, wash you, make you clean. We're clean. I don't care what it is that you're going through, but you're clean today because of the price that Jesus paid. You're, you're not clean because you did something in the power and strength of your own might. You're clean because he said you were clean. You know, God does not see you as a mess. He could see you as a mess, but he chose not to. God only sees you as your potential. He only sees you as, as his promise activated in your life. When he looked at Ayla in the, in, from the very beginning, he looked at Ayla and he saw her as all that she ever possibly could be. And to this day, that's no matter what she has done, that's all he can ever see because he bound himself to that. He chooses to only see what he called her to be through the filter of the blood of his son. Amen. It's better than an Instagram filter. Got you with that one. Ayla doesn't always laugh at my jokes, but every now and then I got one that gets her. <laughs> Verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. I love this because even though the Lord was bringing a word of correction to the people of Judah, at the end of this, he says, there's coming a day 
where your sins are going to be washed away from you. Amen. They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19 is the verse that we know. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. What he's saying is that mess that you created, I'll deliver you from that. This life that you've built for yourself, I'll deliver you from that. I'll deliver you from, from the mess that you got yourself into. How many of you can relate to that? God, God got you out of a mess you created. Amen. God has gotten me out of mess and mess and mess and mess and some really messy, messy messes. Amen. Some really rough things. And he picked me up and he didn't just, man, this is so awesome. We were talking about this the other day. He didn't just pick me up and drop me back in a place that I had been before, like I thought he was going to do. I thought, Lord, you're going to pick me up out of this and I'm going to land right where I had been before. No, he didn't even drop me there. He took me five steps further and dropped me in a place I had never been before and really told me, you know, Pastor Ziggy said something the other day um, about people not really knowing all that we've been through. That's true because we don't really talk about it much. And um, there's a lot of reason. I don't really want to talk about it. Amen. But when he said, y'all don't even really know, you don't know what the Lord brought them through. And there is no sign of that anymore in our lives. It's gone. The reason why it's gone is because that there may have been a sign if he had dropped me back in a place I had been before. If he had dropped me back in a place that I knew well, a place that I was comfortable. But he didn't do that. He put me in uncharted territory. I will never forget it. It's Sunday morning. I was sitting back there on the soundboard. And I had told Pastor Ziggy this maybe that night before in a revival meeting in Shawnee or on the way home from revival in Shawnee. And it was Sunday morning. We were, I was sitting back there. And the Lord was dealing with me. And he was saying, you'll never be that man again. You know, there were some things about that man that I liked. There were some things about that man that were fun. There were some things about the old man, and I'm not talking about some crazy sin or anything like that. I'm just talking about there were aspects of a life that I had lived before that I really enjoyed. But the Lord didn't leave me comfortable in that place. He put me in a place I had never been before. He put me in a place where he was telling me, I want you to do this, and then I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. And I'm like, Lord, when am I gonna have time for? He's like, you're not. You're not gonna have time for any of that. You're t you gave me your time. You said that, and he reminded me. I told him, I said, Lord, you can use me if you wanna use me. He said, that's all you had to say, that's it. <laughs> and he's used, he's used to suffer since then. He's transformed our lives, amen. But he says, if you be willing and obedient. Say willing. How many of you guys have ever been obedient, not just to do what God has called you to do, but just anything in life? You've been obedient to do what you're supposed to do, but been an unwilling participant. When it comes to the things of God, there's not a blessing in just being obedient. You know, it says if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many of you been, have been willing and not been obedient? You thought, Lord, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then the time comes and you didn't do it. Amen. Plenty of times. Some of you today, the Lord probably told you, run, and you didn't run. Come on, we have to be willing and obedient. We have to be willing and obedient. We normally stop there in verse 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But then think about this in verse 20. I know this is an Old Testament scripture. I know we have a, a better covenant. And the truth of God's word really is that God loves us. He has a good plan for our lives. But think about this warning here, because this is true. If you get off in the flesh 
and you're left to your own self. It says, if you, verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Isn't that the truth? That when we are left to our own selves, when we're acting outside of his word, when we're acting outside of his promise, when we're doing, you know, Twyla, she talks about this. We, we were joking about it the other day. Somebody said something about the mind. I said, if Twyla was here, she'd say, it's the devil's playground. That's the devil's playground. We had young adults, and every week we'd get together, and she'd be talking about the devil's playground. So we joke about it sometimes now when somebody's talking about that stuff. But when we're left to our own selves, when we're left in, in doing things in the power and strength of our own might, when we're rebelling against the Lord in our attitude and in our posture towards God, you know, there's a certain posture you should have when you enter into this place. There's a certain posture. It says, enter what? With thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, right? There's a posture that you should have when you enter into this place. That posture is of, of thanksgiving and of praise, amen? That's our posture. That's the posture he has uh, called us to take. But if you refuse, you shall, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, amen? When, we, when we're operating outside of his plan and, and, and his will, that's, that's the promise that we have that, you know, Jesus, thank God for grace because the Lord has rescued me when I didn't know any better. But there have been some times too where I was left to myself and life came in and beat me up and left me to die and I didn't know where to go, amen? I didn't know what to do and thank God he stepped in and he reached his hand out and he grabbed me and he picked me up and he turned me around and he placed my feet on solid ground, Amen. Amen. There's an urgency that's in our hearts, especially in this season. And if Sheree was here, I'm, I have such a vivid memory of Sheree in the beginning of her time at Winter's Church. And if you think Sheree's rough now, you should have seen her then. Sheree was rough. If you think her hugs are rough now, you should have gotten one of them back then. She learned some things. There was times she'd hug me, my whole back would pop. It was like going to the chiropractor. It was crazy. But Sheree, she was rough. And I remember after services, we go to eat after nearly every service we have with Pastor Ziggy and Annie. Um, that's just what we do. We enjoy doing that. It's, it's time that we get to spend together. And um, we would go out to eat after services. Some of our services would be late. And we used to have a crazy church schedule. We would have a Monday Bible study, a Tuesday Bible study, a Thursday Bible study, a Saturday service, and a Sunday service. I was like, oh, I, a whole week. I mean, we had like one day off every week for years. Um, and every service there for a long time, Sheree would be in tears. She's like, I just have a heart for the lost. I, there's a lost and dying world out there. I remember it so vividly in tears. Anytime she would talk about it, I mean, just break down. She caught the, the heart of God. That's what happened. The Lord was showing her his heart. Um, we would do some good to learn uh, and to catch that vision of God's heart. There's an urgency in this season for uh, the lost because the world is, is lost and dying. There's an urgency to pray for the sick. You know, the praying for the sick and seeing the sick recover, that's a sign to the lost. That's a demonstration of God's love to, to, the, to the lost, to those that are not believers. Amen. Amen. Y'all act like you don't know that. Do you not know that? Amen. That's a sign to the non-believer. When God works a miracle, he's not, God, God will work miracles on your behalf, but more than he's doing it for you, he's doing it to show the world that he's a loving God. Amen. More than it's for you, he's doing it to show the world that he's a loving God, that he still works, that he still saves. 
Amen. There's an urgency in our hearts to pray for the sick, to get out and do what the Lord's called us to do. Um, some experience a real frustration with that in this time. Sometimes you can feel like you're getting left behind. When somebody picks up the torch and they're just running hard after God, sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult to, to, to keep up with them. It's difficult to run that race. We were talking the other day, this, this revival is kind of different for us because I, I felt like we were kind of in that mode of trying to play catch up. Um, our life's a little different right now. Isaac requires a little bit more out of us. Although I'll say this, I think that we do pretty good. Um, we drag him everywhere. I was joking with Ayla, I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah, it was yesterday about dinner because Isaac, he was tired. And I said, well, we better go home. Isaac's tired. I don't think we can go to dinner. And we just laughed because that's not us at all. We're like, he can sleep at the restaurant. We, I don't care. I don't think he really got to sleep at the restaurant much because it was so loud. But um, he's just, he's adapted to our lifestyle very well. Um, but there's an urgency for us to do certain things. There's, we know the Lord is calling us to a, to a different place in this season, to a higher place. And I believe he activated something in us. You know, we're going, and when we're going, we're not just seeing um, a measure of the vision of God that he gave us, but we're seeing a real close picture to the fullness of what he showed us, where he showed us we would go and what we would say and what he would do and how he would demonstrate himself to us. We're beginning to see that come to pass in our lives. Thank God. Um, some experience a frustration though, not realizing that the unsettling in their heart is not due to some sin or circumstance in life, but a stirring in the spirit. Amen. Sometimes your frustration comes from the Lord. We don't think that God will do those kinds of things to us, but he does. He led Jesus to the wilderness. Amen. Not just to the wilderness for nothing. You know what the wilderness is, right? The desert. He sent him to the desert. We think, I don't know about you, but in my head, when I think of wilderness, I think of like the woods, trees. That's not what the Bible's talking about. He sent him in, into the desert. Nobody wants to go to the desert like that. There's nothing fun about that. It sounds terrible. I'm thirsty just thinking about it. But not just that, he sent, him, he sent him to the desert, he sent him to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So we, don't, we, don't, we think that God is just gonna send us on this great path, but God will use you at whatever cost to do what he has called you to do, to, to, to demonstrate his love to this generation, to, to demonstrate his plan and purpose in this season and time. He'll use you and you have to be willing to be used. You know, in the beginning, everybody's like, use me, Lord. You can use me, Lord. You know, sometimes it's tough being used by God. Sometimes he desires to bring a word of correction through you. And you have to be faithful to deliver that thing. Sometimes what he wants for you to do is pray. And sometimes what he wants you to do is go. You something that we decided when we were talking about having Isaac. You know, I've, I shared this testimony, um, you know, a long time ago. But Ayla and I, we are coming up next month, just under a month right? Yeah, just under a month of being married for two years. And we had a time where Ayla thought that she was pregnant. And because we were going to wait, we were going to wait till about now, probably, um, to start having a baby. We, we talked about waiting about it. Well, not now, not now, a year ago. We talked about waiting about a year. And there was a time where she thought that she was pregnant and we got so excited. And then we were so sad when we found out she wasn't. So we we're like, I'm not waiting for nothing. Let's, let's have a baby. Let's do this thing. But when we began to talk about what that looked like, we began to say different things that I began to pray, Lord, let him have a personality like Ayla. Let him be soft and sweet. And don't let him be a chicken though. Not that Ayla's a chicken. That's not what I'm trying to say. But don't let him be a chicken. Let him be bold and brave. Let him, we see Amelia. Amelia is brave. 
She's a brave kid. That's something that we prayed for Isaac. Let him be brave like Amelia's brave. Let him take risks and take chances. Nothing too crazy, but let him do it. We begin to think about what it would look like. Lord, open the door for us to minister. Let him come with us. If that means homeschooling, Lord, that we're willing to do it. We're willing to do whatever it takes. Um, we're willing to do whatever it takes, but we also had to decide, well, what happens if Ayla has to stay home? You know, we talked about that. What happens if Ayla's home and I'm off preaching somewhere? That's not what we want, but the reality is that that could happen. And we had to talk about, well, what happens when there are birthdays? And the Lord says, I want you to go over here. You know, the Lord will tell you to do that. I've seen it happen with Pastor Ziggy over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I think about this all the time. Anytime I think, man, this is kind of rough. This is kind of tough. I'm missing out on this and this and this. And I think about Pastor Ziggy in what, 37, 36, 37 years of ministry, missing out on everything. And you know, not one time have I ever been with him. Pastor Andy may have heard him say this. I'm not saying it hadn't come out of his mouth. I don't believe that it probably has, but not one time have I ever heard him say, I don't want to go over there. He says, well, the Lord said, Lord said, so we're going. And there's a joy and a delight to do the, thi the thing that God has called them to do. Even though I can't imagine missing a birthday of Isaac's right now. I can't, I can't fathom that. I pray to God that we never have to walk through that because it's going to be tough. But we have to do whatever it takes to, to do this thing, to walk this out. Um, you know, we sense that urgency. But over time, you better be good, Isaac. Over time, life creeps in and family creeps in. Amen. I have to be careful because my family may actually listen to this. They're, they're starting to listen to some things. I got to be careful what I say. Amen. No, I'm, I'm kind of joking, kind of not joking. I'm trying to decide how I'm going to walk this out. Um, for a season of time, my family planned everything on Sundays. And I missed it. They're trying to plan my birthdays on Sundays. I'm like, I've been at the same place for years and years and years. And then Ayla and I get, got married for a good chunk of time. That stopped happening. Then Ayla and I got married, and it started happening again. They started planning, well, you guys, you can't be there all the time. And I, I loved what Ayla said, her response to this. She's like, you can't, you can't be in revival. They tell us, you can't be in revival all the time. You can't be at church all the time. And Ayla said, I'm only here because of revival. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. We're not missing that. The one thing, the way that God transformed my life, you're trying to get me to miss? Heck no, I'm not doing it. Amen. I sat there and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, for, there's a season of time where it was permissible just to sit and be like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, whatever. It, we're not in that season anymore. That's not the season that we're in. There's a real seriousness about the things of God. It's not something to be messed with anymore. But sometimes we, we experience a frustration because those things creep in. It's not normally due to sin. Not normally. It may be. You may be a dirty sinner. Um, we can fix that today. Amen. But circumstances come up. Family, um, friends, but really what it is that's frustrating is it's the spirit that's calling us to a higher place when we know that he has better for us and we're not seeing that vision uh, that God painted in our heart come to pass into our lives. I've seen myself as a millionaire. Honest, in the spirit, I have seen myself as a millionaire. I have. We've we talked about it. The Lord, the Lord gave me a word. Um, I sowed a seed and it wasn't some giant seed. It was a sacrificial seed to us though um, in that moment. Um, we made Twyla nervous with, with that seed. I mentioned that. I didn't ever finish the story. I said Twyla was one that told us we shouldn't have done that. 
I never finished that story the last time I said that. And I made it look like Twyla was just, she's like, no, don't do that. That's not really what happened. She was concerned because we had Isaac and she's like, y'all need that money. I'm like, we can't afford not to sow. We can't afford not to give right now. Um, she wasn't being contrary. I've been thinking about that ever since I said it too, that I left it, I, fin- I didn't finish the story and I left it with Twyla being like, no, don't do that. And that's not really how it went down. But the Lord told us to sow a seed and we sowed the seed. And when I sowed it, he said, if you keep doing that, I'll get a million dollars to you. If you keep doing that, I'll give a million dollars to you. And I said, Lord, I'll take it. He began to deal with me about something crazy though. And man, if we, w- we would do good, if we, w- and I got to hurry up too. We would do good if we would open ourselves up to hear this kind of thing. He said, what if I gave you a million just to give it? Would you be willing to give it? I'm like, that's tough, Lord to receive a million dollars and him say, that wasn't for you. I was really trying, I knew that I could use you. I was really trying to get it over here. Ted has volunteered for that before. Lord, you can get any amount of money through me, you can get it through me. We volunteered that day. We said, Lord, whatever, I don't care what it is. It was about that, roughly the same time Marissa's texting me, I can't wait to give my tithe check on this 1.58 billion dollar lottery. Uh, you know, she's getting her faith out there. I was telling everybody, I'm like, I can't get my faith on the lottery like that. I'm hopeful. It would be awesome, but I can't. I'm just not comfortable putting my faith on something like that. Marissa, though, she's like, nope, when I, when I win, she, can't, she, she wouldn't even say if. She's like, when I win, I can't wait to give this check. When I win, I'm going to take you all out to eat. No. I, told, I tell Marissa, when I, when I win, I'm, buy, I'm paying off all your debt. I'll buy you a house. I'll buy you a car. I'll do this. I'll do this. And I'll give you a million dollars. She's like, I'll take you to the seafood buffet. <laughs> no, that's not true, is it, Marissa? That's not true. There was one time, though, she did say, I'll pay off your car. I'm like, that's not that much. You're going to have to do better than that. If you're a billionaire and you're just paying off that little bit, no, you're going to have to do better than that. If you want to keep ride or dies on the title of our text message group, you better do better than that. <laughs> Amen. I better get back on track here. But I vol- we volunteered that day. That's how, that's how we have been. That's how we decided we were going to walk this life out. That when the, the Lord had a need or something came up that we say, Lord, we volunteer, whatever it is that you want to do. You know, I have volunteered, especially over the last three or four years, Anything that came up in a leadership meeting, I volunteered for. I volunteered to do the media. I volunteered to do social media. I volunteered to do a discipleship class. I volunteered for young adults. I volunteered, I volunteered for anything. Anytime somebody said, we really need to work on this, I'm like, I volunteer, except nursery. I'm, I'm not volunteering for that. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. Honestly, no, we talked about that. I would volunteer. I honestly do a lot, though, with media and that kind of stuff, so it's kind of difficult it's kind of, <laughs> amen. No, but we volunteered. We volunteered to be used by God. So I believe a lot of us here have done that. We've gone through that process of saying, Lord, yes, you can use me. You can use me to do whatever it is that you want to do. You can use me to say whatever it is that you want to say. I've prayed the prayer like Pastor Ziggy did. He hasn't shared this in a while, but he, Pastor Ziggy prayed a prayer, and he said, I'll do the things nobody else will do. I'll say the things nobody else will say. I've prayed that prayer. So why is it that we act surprised when the Lord shows up and he says, hey, I want you to do this? Me, Lord? Lowly me? I have no value. You're right, you have no value in you, in your own self. But in him, you're, his, you're the righteousness of God. Amen. You're his righteousness. 
That's what he said about you. Amen. Amen. We have to posture ourselves for his promise. So the Lord told me about uh, that scripture, but being willing and obedient. He, I said, I'm willing, Lord. And he said, are you? And I said, I think I am. He said, check your willingness. You know, as I, just in that moment right there, I begin to go through things, just taking inventory of my own life and found areas where my willingness had dropped way low, way, way low. And he said, check your willingness. We assume we're willing. As believers, we assume that when God calls on us that we'll say, yes, Lord. You know, it's like the song, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. You can sing it all day long, but when he calls on you, you better say yes. Amen. Amen. And there's so many that don't. There are so many that don't. I, believe, I really believe that there was some today that the Lord said run and they didn't run. You know, that should be kind of a weighty thing to you. That should be something. You looking for a sock? I got it. You're welcome. That should be a weighty thing to you. That should be something, when God speaks to you and tells you to do something, it should be an honor. You should say, your yes, Lord, isn't just like, oh yeah, all right, Lord, I'll get that done for you. It'd be like, yes, Lord, thank you for choosing me. I'll do it. I'll accomplish this for you. I'll, I'll get it done for you well, at, any, at any cost. Like Pastor Ziggy mentioned, uh, I'll drain the savings account if that's what it takes. We've done that. We've drained the savings account and then we filled it back up and then we drained it again and then we filled it back up and we drained it again. I believe that there's a time coming that the Lord set us up for success. I, we're in a season right now where I've said, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit prayed this out of me. It wasn't just that I decided this. The Holy Spirit prayed this through me. But I said, Lord, we've sown. So I'd like to receive a harvest. And he said, your harvest is on the way. That's what he told me just a couple weeks ago. He said, your harvest is on the way. It's on, it's on the way to you. And I just, we've received it. We Thank you, Lord. We receive it in the name of Jesus. That's the season that we're in right now. We always think that the Lord is, is we assume that he's wanting to take, 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 take. And he is. He wants to take everything that you have. Every single thing that you, he wants all your time, all your money, all your stuff. He wants it all. He will leave you with nothing so that he can give you all that he has for you. And that, most of the time, because we, we'll get to where we're rebuking the devil. Lord, I command the devil to get his hands off my stuff. I command him to get his hands off my money. When really what we should be praying is, um, I should spend my money more wisely. And things like, normally it's, normally it's not the devil. Normally it's you. You're the one that has things stopped up. Normally it's you. You can take that and put that in every area of your life. The devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. The enemy comes. Religion comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But more, more times than not, he doesn't have to do a thing. More times than not, it's you. We have to take ownership of that. You know, when you say, I can't, I can't do that, I can't do that. No, it's, you won't. At least be honest about it. I'm, I think that people would have a lot more respect for us as believers, if we would just be honest with things and not, not make excuses, we'd just say, you know what? I'm not praying about that. I know I said I, was, I would pray about it. I'm not praying about it. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Just be honest. Well, honest with yourself. Don't be ugly with people, but be honest with yourself. Amen. Amen. We assume we're willing, but how you respond in tough times um, where the Lord is calling you up higher really shows your willingness. It really shows where you're at. The word of the Lord is if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You may be obedient, but if you are not a willing participant in the kingdom of God and what it is that he's doing, you're missing out on his promise. You know, that comes down to your offering too. 
You know, you can be willing to give your offering and not be obedient and eat your seed. You know that seed ain't going to do a thing if you eat it. It's not going to produce a harvest. I have eaten my seed, and it sucked. You know, it sucks. it sucks having to walk that out. It sucks having to figure that out, but it's a good thing to figure out. You know, obedience when it comes to giving is so important. It's so important. Willingness is so important. It's so important to be a cheerful giver. It makes it so much easier on you and everybody else around you. You know, you should be a tither. You should give your tithe. 10%. Not 10% of something. 10% of your gross. 10% of the money that you make. 10% of all that comes in. You should be a tither. You should be an offering giver. And it should be a joy. Ayla just got a raise. Um, I was a little annoyed about this because they messed it up, but we're not going to talk about that. But Ayla just got a raise, and I was telling, I was texting her, reminding her, hey, pay your tithe. I saw it hadn't come out of the account yet. Ayla, I wish that she'd let me pay our tithe as a family just because I could get it done. But Ayla, she's like, nope, I need to give. I need to sow. I, I respect that. I do. Um, but I told her, I said, hey, next month we need to take a look at your check because we need to make an adjustment here. It's, we need to up that thing. Your tithe and offering needs to increase. Um, my flesh was crying out, though, big time. My flesh was like, do you really want to do that? Because it's not a small amount. And it's, a, it's at the beginning of the month, too. She gets paid the last working day of the month. So that money, of course, that covers our expenses for the following month. So it's our first of the month money. And it's like, oh, man, are we really going to do it? So I just sent the text. I'm like, hey, we're doing this. Because now I know Ayla's not going to let me do anything else. We're increasing that in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have to get our offering out there. Um, we're believing God for a specific amount. We're believing God. I don't think it's an issue to say it either. We're believing God for $5,000. Not for something. It doesn't have a purpose. It, it's not that we could use $5,000. I can always spend money. I'm really good at spending money. I am. Ayla, she feels bad if she spends 20 bucks. She's like, oh, I got this outfit for Isaac. It was $13.99. I'm like, that's it. Go get three of them. Go get one in every size. Um, you know, I'm just I'm a little more free when it comes to spending money. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say about that anymore. I got caught up thinking about shopping. <laughs> oh, $5,000. Yeah. I was thinking about there's an Apple event coming up on September 12th. My mind just went a hundred different places about where I could spend some money. No, we're believing God for $5,000 because we have sown seeds. We have sown a lot of $1,000 seeds. I mean, back to back to back to back. Sometimes it'll be from one week to another. We'll sow $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000. And that's, I'm not bragging or anything. That's not what I'm doing. Um, there's a purpose to this. Um, but we're trying to stretch ourselves out there and for, the, for our new norm to become a $5,000 seed. So we're trusting the Lord. We're believing God. Lord, if you bring 5,000 into our hands, we are willing to sow it. We're desiring to stretch out there. That's, that's our new choking point. You know, $1,000 used to be a choking point. It used to be a point where it's like, man, there's $1,000. We could have used that. Now, $1,000 might as well be 100 bucks or 20 bucks because it's, it's easy for us to give it. We give it and we don't think about it again. It doesn't bother us. It doesn't hurt our feelings. We're not, we don't go sit in the parking lot and think, what did I just do? Um, that's not, it's not a choking point anymore. But we believe the Lord's calling us up higher, so we're trusting him. We're believing God. $5,000 coming into our hands so that we can be faithful to sow that seed. Amen. Um, amen. And we're willing participants, and we'll be obedient to do the word of God when he tells us to sow it and where to sow it. Um, we have no desire to spend that money. 
our desire is completely into doing what he tells us to do. Amen. A willing participant doesn't necessarily mean feeling good about doing it. Sometimes we think that willing is like happy. Willing to, willingness and happiness are not the same thing. It'd be great if you got to the point of being happy while you're doing whatever it is that God's called you to do, whatever it may be. I, Charlie called me the other day, and uh, we were on our way to revival, and it was awesome. Um, you know, Charlie, n- nobody really knows this. We talked about it a little bit um, with Pastor Ziggy beforehand. We did not know that on Sunday that Pastor Ziggy was going to lay hands on us and say, uh, y'all are pastors in the name of Jesus. We didn't know that that was coming. That's not what we had planned. That's not, we knew something was up in our spirits. Um, we talked about it later, but Charlie, since I met Charlie, Charlie has called me Pastor Tyler. Ralph, Ralph, same thing. Ralph's like, why aren't y'all pastors? And he was ready. I, I think, I believe that Ralph was probably ready to have a meeting with Pastor Ziggy to make that thing happen. He was ready. He's like, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm going to get this done. I don't know what people aren't seeing, but this needs to happen. But Charlie called the other day and he said, Pastor Tyler, Ted was in the car with us. And uh, I just thought it was funny. It was not, this was not a real spiritual thing that happened here. But he said, Pastor Tyler, I knew you were a pastor from the first time that I met you. And we went on to talk a little bit, and Ted was in the car. Of course, you know, Ted has to butt in and say something, even though, you know, it's awkward when somebody is on a phone in the car and somebody else starts talking. Sometimes you can hear them. Sometimes you can't hear them. It's, it's, it's weird sometimes. But Ted says, well, what did you see in me, uh, Charlie? And Charlie was like, absolutely nothing. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> That's not, that's not what he said. He said, I'll take that before the Lord. Charlie's awesome because he said, I'll take that before the Lord. If he shows me something, I'll be faithful. I'll tell, I'll tell you whatever he tells me. But then he, then he had a word of caution for him. He, he said, now, Brother Ted, he may show me you picking up trash or cleaning up at the church or uh, doing this or doing that. You should be ready for that because if that's what he shows me, I'm going to tell you that. I don't want you to be mad at me. But I thought it was, I thought it was aw- an awesome encounter. And we know that's not all Ted does. It's not. T- Ted. Yeah. Ted, Ted, was, Ted, was re- Ted was having a, a funny exchange with Charlie. It wasn't a real serious thing. It, it wasn't like Ted was like, tell me what I'm called to do. Ted is secure in knowing who he is in the Lord. Amen. But. How many of you know, some, sometimes the Lord, that's what he says. Hey, I want you to take that bag of trash outside and throw it in the dumpster. Sometimes the Lord will call you to do that. You know, maybe not all the time, but there are times that the Lord ordains those things. We think temple ministry, some people think that Pastor Ziggy called temple ministry, temple ministry as a cover-up for uh, people just cleaning up or just to... F- fancify the name of the janitors or whatever like that. That's not true. It's, it is a real ministry. There's, the Lord really calls people to do those things, to, to help in that way. You, you, wouldn't, you may not believe this if, if I tell you this, but there are times that Ted has encountered the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and heard the voice of God when he went and picked up a bag of trash out of a trash can and went and took it and threw it in a dumpster. The Lord's talked to him in those times. The Lord's talked to him in those seasons, probably more so in those times than, than other times, that the Lord's talked to him when he was faithful to do what the Lord called him to do. Amen. We have to be a willing participant in the things of God. It doesn't mean feeling good necessarily, but it always honors the Lord. Amen. I remember a time that we, um, I got a call from Pastor Annie. I couldn't tell you the year that this was, but um, she called and she said, hey, we're out here at Guthrie and Pastor Ziggy got the plane stuck in the mud. 
can you come out here? Get Andrew. I think Andrew and I were living together at that time. Get Andrew. You guys come out here. I don't remember if Andrew came with me or not. Um, but Michael Salazar was there. There was a bunch of us there. Joe uh, was there. Maybe David too. David was there. And we're like, how are we going to get this thing out of the mud? Um, it was kind of a crazy thing. You know, I didn't prepare well for that moment. I wore my nice shoes, like my good shoes. I wore my good clothes. I had some boxes in my trunk that I was going to use for packing, brand new boxes. You know, sometimes when the Lord calls on you, he's going to take your nice stuff and dirty it up. I was covered in mud. I had a jack for my car. Um, and Pastor Dickie's like, yeah, let me use that. You know that thing, wherever it is at, it's probably still covered in mud. I couldn't even get it to rise up anymore because of the amount of mud that was stuck in it. My car, muddy. My clothes, muddy. I tracked it all inside my car. All those new boxes that I had, of course, I'm like, oh yeah, here's the jacket. Pastor Dickie's like, all these boxes. Yeah, you can use them, every one of them. He used every one of those boxes, every single one of those brand new boxes that I was like, I'm getting new boxes. I'm not going to go to Walmart and get those janky boxes. I'm going to move, and these are going to be new boxes. I'm going to label them. It's going to be awesome. No, Pastor Ziggy used them to help get the plane out of the mud. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord will take your stuff, and he'll use it. He has something better for you. He's not looking to just take from you. You said you wanted to be used. He's going to use you. Amen. I believe every one of you here, you, you, when you heard him say, I have a good plan for you, you said, yes, Lord, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'll do it. You may in this season right now be walking through the toughest season you have ever been through. I've been there. It's not the season I'm in right now, thank God, but I have walked through, not that far off, the hardest season I have ever gone through, the hardest thing that I have ever been through. I was bound up with anxiety, having panic attacks. A lot of y'all weren't here at that time where they had to call an ambulance. And then my mom shows up and is an ugly, crazy time. It was uncomfortable. It was in front of everybody. Andrew comes out of nowhere with a wheelchair. I don't know where he got a wheelchair. I don't know if he had a wheelchair in his, in his truck or in his car. And he's just like, I knew the Lord told me to bring this wheelchair. He shows up with a wheelchair. And then I hear Ted in my ear. I'm laying on the floor in the back in the office. This was during service, by the way. Um, I hear I'm laying on the floor in the back of the office having a panic attack, real panic attack. I had passed out. And I hear Ted in my ear. Oh, You'll live and not die, says the Lord. Well, I'm having a panic attack. All I heard was die. I'm like, die? What? No, Ted was praying for me. He was down on the ground with me, praying for me. Everybody was. Um, Gabe was pacing in the back, and I'm like, get Gabe out of here, please. I don't want him to see me like this. Um, it was a real ugly time in my life. It was a time I was very vulnerable, and there was a lot of things happening. I wasn't comfortable at all where I was at. Thank God he brought me through. Amen. You may be walking through the toughest season of your life, but the kingdom of God um, and the kingdom that he's called you to, the thing that he's called you to does not exempt you from walking out the word of the Lord over your life. It doesn't matter. You know, the Lord sees what you're going through, but he does not care. He doesn't care what it is that you're going through because he knows that on the other side of what it is that he's called you to do is your victory. Right. See, we think that, well, I'll get a victory and then I'll walk this thing out. That's not the way that it works. You know, in your walk with God, you pick up things along the way. The things that you should be picking up is revelation, revelation of who he is, revelation of what he's called you to do. You know, Back in the day, when I first heard the call of God, I knew God called me to preach. I knew it. I mean, I knew it. It was crystal clear to me. I knew it. Um, and then I preached for the first time two weeks after I got, maybe three weeks after I got born again. Um, I preached for the very first time. And when I preached, I'm not saying I preached good. I'm just saying I preached. Um, I preached, 
And I knew it. I'm like, Lord, this is what you have for me. I know that this is what you have for me. So I dove into that. I dove into, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to do this thing right. You know, I'm going to do what it is that you have for me to do. What I didn't realize is he wasn't going to use me when I was better and when I was doing well. He wasn't going to use me when I figured everything out. He was going to use me because I said, Lord, use me because I volunteered. Amen. The Lord's desiring to use you, not later. He's desiring to use you today today. Maybe when you leave this place, he's desiring to use you. You know, it would do you some good to show up to outreach. You know, some of you that wonder, well, Lord, what have you called me to do? It would do you some good to show up to outreach in Bricktown and minister to the lost. It would do you some good to show up to outreach at the hospital and minister to the sick. When you go and you're putting yourself out there, it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable going to the hospital and facing these people who have gotten bad reports. You know, nearly everyone that we come across, they're not in there with a broken bone. They're not in there with a little cold or, oh, yeah, I'm going home. No, we see people that they're saying, pray for us. We're, we're having to make a decision about our mother who had a stroke. She's, she's unconscious right now, and we're having to decide if we're going to keep this fight up or if we're going to let her go. Those are the encounters that we regularly have at the hospital. Not probably 90% of the time. Most of the time, that's what it is. Every now and then, it'll be something silly, but most of the time, it's life or death. Most of the time, it's life or death. We went in, and we had a really funny story, a really funny situation that, uh, amen, I received that in the name of Jesus. I received that in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I'll receive it in Jesus. You have to show me how to use it later. <laughs> amen. But there was, there was this one time we went, we were at the hospital. I'm going to wrap up here in a second, too. Don't get nervous. Um, I did only get about a third of the way through my notes, but I'm not going to go through the other two-thirds promise. Well, we'll see what the Lord says. I don't think we're going to do that. Um, we, but we were at the hospital, and I can't remember who it was that was with me, somebody that's not normally with me, somebody that not, doesn't normally go, I don't think. Maybe, maybe it was Titus. I, can't, I honestly can't remember. It doesn't matter. Somebody was with me, um, and we had split up into our groups like normal. It was at Mercy, and Mercy's usually slow. It's usually, there's, I mean, there's some people in the ICU, some people in the emergency room, but it's normally slow. Baptist is not normally slow. Normally there's something going on either in the ER or on the floors. Something is going on. But at Mercy, it's like there's no sick people there. You walk around and you wonder how, how they're open because there's no sick people there. Everybody just goes there to have babies or something, I guess. But, amen. But uh, we go and this woman is coming out of the ICU room and I... I was actually just going to let her go, but I ended up saying, hey, how are you doing? Talking to her for a minute. And I said, who are you here visiting? I said, because it's obviously not you. You just walked out of there. Um, she said, my boyfriend, he's in here. And this is a funny story, too. She said, my boyfriend, he's in here. He had a stroke. And you should definitely go pray for him. It's the first room in here on the right. So we went in there and knocked on the door. He says, come in. It's an older man. He said, yeah, I had a stroke. I've had this, I think he said he had like six strokes. This was his sixth stroke. He can't walk by himself anymore. And all. he's in a bad way. He's like, I just keep surviving. I'm like, that's a good thing. Amen. That's a good thing to just keep surviving. Six strokes. My gosh. Um, and I said, well, your girlfriend out here, he said, that's not my girlfriend. I said, I'm not going to get involved in all that, but you better, you might want to let her know because she said my boyfriend in here, and they, they were older too, like they were up there. They were probably in their 80s. Um, they were older, and he's like, that's not my girlfriend. Uh, that's just a friend. That's what he said. That's just a friend. You better let her know because <laughs> I, I think she's thinking marriage or something because she's here at the hospital with you. 
You know, people would said that about Ayla. Just before we got together, people said that kind of stuff. I think Ted told me, he said, I think Ayla's sweet on you. I'm like, Ted, we're not talking about this right now. You know, it's uncomfortable. He said, I think you're sweet on Ayla too. Ted, mind your own business. <laughs> Ted, Ted, he was trying to be Cupid over here. No, but people would say that. Ayla, my mom is one of those people. If she was here, she'd say that. She'd like, she would say, Ayla has always been your best friend. You know, that's really true. When I wasn't a good friend, Ayla was the best possible friend that she could be to me. Ayla's awesome. I mean, awesome, awesome quality person. She's been around. She's been in my life for forever. Times that I didn't want her to be around, she was around. Times that I didn't want her to rescue me, she showed up and rescued me. Um, she's awesome. She's incredible. Um, so maybe, the, maybe there was something there between those people. I, I tried to encourage him a little bit, but we laid hands on him. It was an uncomfortable situation, though, because he, uh, you, we knew, we, I knew what I wanted to pray. I wanted to pray, Lord, you know, just touch him right now where he's at. He's had six strokes. He can't walk. Half of his face is literally drooping while we're sitting there right now. I mean, it's like he's in a bad way. When he opens his mouth and he's talking, half of his mouth is moving. The other half is not moving. It is an uncomfortable situation. You know, as a Christian, you you want to think that you go into those situations just believing your faith is high and you're like, yes, the Lord's going to do it. I haven't encountered that most of the times that we go. Most of the time, I have to work, work that up in me and step out and pray a specific kind of way. We tell everybody that comes that for the first time, um, don't pray sissy prayers. We're not here to pray some cupcake Christian kind of prayer. We're here to pray the word of God. The Bible says, we'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Don't pray for hope. We're not here to pray for hope. We're not praying and, and, and hoping that people will be raised up off of their deathbeds. Um, if you're gonna pray that way, you need to stay home because we're not doing that. That's not what we're here to do. We're also, this is, this is a challenge to some of you and probably should be. We're also not here to minister to the lost. That's not the purpose of why we come to the hospital. If the spirit leads you, be obedient to the spirit of God, but we're not here doing what we do in Bricktown. We're here to lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover, period. That's it. Outside of that, those are your limits. Your limits are, we're here to pray for the sick. You're not here to prophesy over people. If the spirit of God leads you, be obedient to the spirit of God, but it better be the spirit of God because otherwise we're going to have a talk. That's, I mean, that's, those are the things that we tell people. Don't pray sissy prayers. Don't show up and pray those, I hope that the Lord will do this kind of prayer. We're not doing that. It's uncomfortable. When we laid hands on this guy, it was uncomfortable saying, I command him up out of this bed right now in the name of Jesus. Because in my mind, I was thinking, there's no way. Six strokes. There's no way. But we serve a, a miracle working God. Amen. Okay. Amen. And we prayed for him and immediately things begin to change. I can't say he got up out of the bed I didn't witness that while we were there right, right then, but I do believe that the Lord touched him in a big way. Um, we begin to see that droopiness begin to fade. We begin to see some clarity come back into his thinking, into his mind. He was able to communicate clearly. He, while we were there before, he was saying the same thing probably about six different times. He said, told us the same story. Remind me of Ayla's grandpa. Every time we're around him, he tells me the same story six different times. He has an hour's worth of conversation in him. I mean, one hour and one minute goes by, he's starting that exact same conversation over again. It's, it's crazy. It's like clockwork. He has exactly one hour of things to talk about. 
So every time we go, we hear the same one-hour conversation. And after an hour, we normally try to leave because we're about to go through it. And he'll go through it over and over and over. That's how this guy was. He reminded me of that. But the Lord, there was some clarity that began to come to his mind. There's some clarity that began uh, to happen there. I got like two more things I'm going to say, and then we'll be done, I promise. The Lord expects us to posture ourselves, even in difficult times, like Job. You know, we think about Job and it's like, man, I never want to go through anything like that. You know, I've related to Job more than I've related to the majority of people in the Word of God in my life. Not, you know, that I had everybody around me die or anything like that, but I have experienced loss and related to Job in that way. Where I'm, you know, Job, he says, uh, I'm not going to look it up right now because it doesn't really matter. But he says, um, my greatest fear has come upon me. You know, there was a time in my life where I was scared to think certain things because I didn't want that fear to be realized in my life. How many of you can relate to that? Some of you may be in that moment right now. You have rehearsed the worst possible thing, the worst thing that could happen, your house getting taken away, your car getting taken away, sickness coming upon you. I know people, uh, price people in my family that have battled with sickness. Um, you know, Brother Ralph, Ralph, battled with COVID, uh, and he won. Amen. Thank God. But his battle was rough. You know, I had a battle with COVID and had a bad fever. Ralph had a battle with COVID and almost died. Um, when I hear about COVID, it affects me differently than it affects Ralph. It's a different, it's just a different thing because we walk lives differently. Um, there are people that have a fear of cancer because their loved ones got cancer and they tell you it's hereditary. You know, there's different types of cancers that they tell you, well, if you know, your grandma had that cancer, then you need to get checked every so often because there's a chance you might get that thing. You know, those may be facts in the world. They're not facts of the word, though. That's not the truth that we walk in. Amen. But the Lord expects us to posture ourselves, even though you go through bad things, even though you go through tough times, even though sickness tries to come on you and, and uh, poverty tries to attach itself to you. How many of you poverty has tried to attach itself to you? How many, the world, the, especially today, inflation is crazy. You know, we, we talk about this sometimes. Inflation's crazy. If Pastor Ziggy was here, he'd say, thanks, Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that though. Amen. But inflation is crazy. Things are crazy in this world right now. Things are crazy in this world. Um, but, you know, I like, to, I like to think I'm a little crazier. Amen. Crazier to believe that the word of God is true in my life. Crazier to believe that, that his promise is real. Um, we go through times of financial struggle. Um, Ayla, sometimes she gets real nervous because there are times that I allow us to get way low in one of our accounts because we want to be obedient to do what God's called us to do. And Ayla will be like, well, can we buy formula? Don't worry about that right now. The Lord shall supply all that we have need of, everything that we have need of. Amen. But we have to posture ourselves like Job. Job had all that bad stuff happen to him. I mean, and, and his struggle was valid, right? I mean, if you lost everything and everyone, you'd feel a certain type of way too, right? I mean, that's truth. That's the truth of life. That's the fact of life. But the Lord expects us to respond differently to situations, to respond differently to struggle. Job, there's a scripture in Job chapter 13. Um, it's, I think it's verse 15. I wrote verse 15, but I'm not certain that that's the verse. And I'm only going to say part of this. It says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Um, you know, part of that's wrong. The Lord's not slaying us. The Lord's not doing, he's not doing 
bad against us. But that attitude is right. Though I am slayed, my trust is going to be in him. I don't care what's going on. To, to my deathbed. You know, we, we talked about this with COVID. Um, I got sick with COVID. Ayla, she, was, she had COVID, but she wasn't sick. She didn't even have a symptom. She didn't even break a sweat, didn't have a fever, nothing. And it made me mad because I got a fever and the doctors told us, I know I've shared this testimony before, just bear with me because we have some people that are not, uh, that were not around when I shared this before. Um, so we got tested and I wanted so bad. Ayla got tested before I did. I wanted so bad when her, she got tested to just walk away and be like, well, we'll know. We'll know if I have COVID. If you have COVID, I will know. I didn't want them to stick that thing up in my brain. Um, I didn't do that. Ayla wouldn't have let me do that anyway. She'd have been like, nope, you're getting that test. I don't care. You're getting it. Um, so they call, of course, they tell you, well, you got COVID. This was at the beginning too. You got COVID. You stay away from everybody for two weeks. Um, here's some things to know. If you have trouble breathing, go to the hospital. What they didn't say is you'll go to the hospital. They're not going to do anything for you. They're going to probably send you home, but go to the hospital. Um, if you're, you have a fever, if it's below 103, don't worry about it. If it's above 103, go to the ER. So I get a fever and I'm feeling rough. I turn over and I'm like, oh, kind of being a big baby. Um, and Ayla, she's feeling great. And I didn't believe that I even had COVID until I made some coffee and I couldn't taste the coffee. I was like, this is the craziest thing. I can't taste anything. Some people lost their appetites. I did not lose my appetite. I just couldn't taste anything um, or smell. But take my temperature, it's probably 103.1 or something like that. And Ayla immediately in tears. They said that if you had a fever that you need to go to the hospital and your fever is over what they said, it's over the threshold. So we need to go to the hospital. And Pastor Zicky said, if you go to the hospital and they put you on a ventilator, that you're going to die. I don't want you to die. Ayla's very literal. So she puts it all together. She said, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. So I believe I received my healing right then because, I mean, in a moment, when she began to say that, this boldness rose up in me and I set up and I said, no, that's not how we respond to these things. We respond to these things with the word of God. The word of God says that we'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. And the Bible says that he's the God that healeth thee. And if he's the God that healeth thee, he's the God that healeth me. And I'm receiving my healing right now in the name of Jesus. It was just like that, wasn't it? Honest, just like that. She's all crying and snot. And I'm like, no. And we've said this over our relationship, anytime something tough comes up, we say this, no fear, no fear. When it, the temptation is there, we remind each other, no fear. There were some situations that came up with Isaac and we said the same thing, no fear, no fear, no fear. You need to remind yourself the God that you serve. You need to remind your circumstance who it is that you serve. Do not respond to what's happening in this life with fear, but respond with boldness, knowing that God is a God of his word. He will deliver you time and time again. He'll set you free. He'll set you apart, and he will use you to do all that he's called you to do. We have to posture ourselves like Job did. Though I am slayed, my trust is in the one and only living God. Amen. Amen. Broke. My posture is a posture of worship. Sick, my posture is a posture of worship. Struggling, same thing. Addicted, same thing. The very thing that the enemy meant to harm you, your breakthrough is only found in his presence. Amen. Your breakthrough is only found in his presence. You're not going to find it alone at home. You're not going to find it in a bar. You're not going to find it. Uh, you're not going to find it in that place that you used to find comfort. You're not going to find it in a Netflix binge. That's not the season that we're walking in anymore. 
I'm not finding the same satisfaction in a hot fudge sundae with bananas that I used to find. Amen. I'm no longer satisfied. It's crazy. I know I've been delivered. I, took, I had one recently and I'm like, it's not even good anymore. I'm no longer satisfied with what it is that once used to satisfy me. I'm only satisfied in his presence. I'm only satisfied knowing that, that I hear his voice, knowing that his promise is true in my life. Amen. You may, you may set out like Paul, set out to do ministry, and the Lord tell you, I've called you. I've anointed you. I have a plan and purpose for you. I'm going to use you. Amen, Isaac. He's going to use you. He's looking real excited right now. And then, and then the Lord send you to prison. You know, Paul, he didn't just end up in prison. The Lord sent him there. How many of you would be willing to go if the Lord said, hey, I'm sending you to prison? You know, some people think that, and they think they're doing like Cherie, going to, going to the juvenile center and ministering in the juvenile center. He may, I'm not, I better be careful how I say this. He, if he did it for Paul, he, he might do it, the same thing in your life, and you have to be willing regardless. But what if that's not the way that he called you to go to the prison to minister? Now, I'm not saying go commit a crime or something like that. Don't go breaking in any cars or doing something crazy. Um, but what if, what if your call to ministry, you end up in prison? You know, it's, it's not that far-fetched. They, they took uh, Rodney Howard Brown to jail for having church. It's not that far-fetched. You know, I'd love to hear if you ministered to anybody. I'd love to hear if, you know, the whole prison broke out in joy or something crazy. Um, you don't hear that story, but... Yeah, the doors flew open and everybody went running. Amen. <laughs> Wouldn't that freak some people out to this day and age? Everybody goes running out of the jail and everybody's freaking out. The Lord's done it before. He can do it again. Amen. You may be like blind Bartimaeus. Oftentimes we don't find ourselves relating to blind Bartimaeus in scripture. We find ourselves relating to the disciples and all those that are around him telling him to shut up. I don't want to be one that tells, like Miss Rhonda, I don't want to be one that discourages Miss Rhonda, tells her, hey, keep it down, be quiet. You know, in her life, when God is telling her to be bold and to preach big and to do these things, I don't want to be one that cautions her and says, well, I know that that's what the Lord's, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be the one that says, shut up in, in your life. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? I don't want to be that one. We need to relate to blind Bartimaeus, willing to do whatever it takes to get the attention of God, willing to do whatever it takes to receive a miracle. Amen. Like the woman with the issue of blood. You know, um, what's that, the series that we watched? Chosen, Chosen thank you. Chosen. There's, they, they go through that on, on that series, and the picture that they paint was so awesome of, of the woman with the issue of blood pressing in, getting spit on, getting stepped on. Uh, people are disgusted at the sight of her because she is there. And the Lord, man, I love how they portrayed Jesus in that moment because the look in his eyes, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, depiction of that transaction of what took place. Because we think of the woman with the issue of blood that she just ran up and she's just like, well, I'm healed, praise the Lord. But that was an ugly thing. They, she was not wanted. They did not want her there. She was not allowed there. She was breaking the law by being there, especially by touching him. She was breaking the law. She was doing something that was contrary to things that God had spoken in a previous time. But she was willing to do whatever it takes to, to get what it is that the Lord had for. We have to be willing and obedient, amen, to his word. And his promise will come to your, la to, to your life. Um, willingness without obedience results in nothing. Obedience without uh, willingness results in frustration. Um, last scripture, and then I'm done. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to give a quick uh, recap here. I'm not going to read it all. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8. So in this, in this uh, chapter, and previously before this, the Corinthians had previously agreed to contribute to a collection. So what they, 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 they pledged an offering. They had said, I'm going to give this amount, and uh, I'm going to give it. I'm not giving it right this second, but I'm going to give this. We're going to do this. We're going to sow into this thing. It was for suffering Christians in Jerusalem. So Paul is talking to him and raises this issue with him, pointing out um, an example of the poverty-stricken Macedonian churches. We know this. Let me go over that scripture real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to the wit of grace of God bestowed on the church, churches of Macedonia, how in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. So we know that scripture because Pastor Ziggy just talked about it recently. But we don't often talk about the backstory. So what happened was they had committed to give an offering. They had committed to do a certain thing that they hadn't done yet. And Paul tells them, hey, the Macedonian church, they're broke in their giving. They're broke and busted and disgusted, and they're walking out the word of God. They're doing all that God told them to do. Um, they, had been, they had given beyond their means, past their own selves, of their own free will, and Paul urges them uh, to follow through on their commitment by their own choice. I think that that's so awesome because this, this scripture here, um, and let me find it. Uh, verse 8, it says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Say this, say, the, the Lord wants me rich. Lord wants me rich. Amen. Whether you believe it or not, you said it. Amen. Here and I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have uh, begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. So what he's saying is you committed to doing it. Now get it done. Amen. You committed to doing it. Now get it done. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, say that, say a willing mind. It is accepted according to, to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. So it's saying it's not according to what you don't have. It's according to what you have. But it first starts with a willing mind. Amen. We have to get our minds lined up with what's going on in our spirit. Amen. You know, in this season of time, you should be alarmed if you're not being stirred by the Spirit of God. There should be an alarm going off because the Spirit of God is stirring us to go higher and to go farther, to go from glory to glory. Amen. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, you committed to do it. Get your mind right and get it done. Get it done. How many of you have committed to some things that you have not seen yet come to pass in your life? This is the season. This is the time. It's time to get it done. Amen. It's time to get it done. I know it's the season for us. I believe it with my whole heart. Ayla and I, we've talked about it, and we've wondered. We've, over the years, Pastor Ziggy, he brought it up uh, just last week um, when we had uh, lunch with him. But we've, we've talked, and we've said, God tricked us. Because we thought, the picture that we thought, we saw it coming to pass so long ago. We saw him doing so many things so long ago. For me, now it's been 
for 13, 14 years, I saw him doing these things that I thought were happening in that season. And now I realize that he set me up. He created us. He fashioned us and postured us for this moment in history right now. He fashioned the church for this time right now. He, he positioned us for what's, what he's doing right now in this season. Amen? But we have to think about what the Lord, he told to me, and I believe he's telling to you, check your willingness. Are you really willing for, to, to go for him? Are you really willing to be tired for him? Are you really, really, really willing to be used by him? No matter what the cost. You know, some of us, we have a cost that we're willing to, to, to spend for him. We have a cost. There's a number for, for I believe, everybody and everything where it's easy. Um, you know, revival in Kanawha is easy, but what happens if he says to go to Toledo? You get your faith out there. Yeah, Pastor Annie, I saw her face. I kind of feel the same way. Um, but we feel that call, that, that nudge to go, and we, we need to get out there and do it. You have to regularly check your willingness. Check, check what it is that he said for you to do, and check if you're still willing to go. If he calls on you, are you going to be willing to actually do it, to get it done? If he says, I want you to preach, are you willing to get, gonna be get up? Are you going to be willing to get up and preach it and declare his word? And everybody thinks, you know, like, because they think Pastor Ziggy is this way. He's really not this way. Um, they think that there's no preparation time involved. They think that there's no, uh, no effort involved. You know, all of the preparation time Pastor Ziggy has had when he first got saved is probably enough for a whole lifetime. All those hours in prayer and in the word of God. You know, God has to have something to draw from you. And all of those times and all of those moments that you neglect spending time in his presence and in his word, you are removing opportunity for him to use you. You think he's going to use you to preach and you don't know his word? It's not going to happen. He talked through a donkey, right? I don't want to be in that situation where he has to bring a donkey in the building to, to, to declare the word of the Lord because I don't know it myself. Amen. I don't, I don't want to be in the place where the rocks have to cry out in my place. We have to check our, our willingness. Most of us are obedient, especially when Pastor Ziggy tells us, hey, I want you to do this. Most of us are obedient because we have a respect for Pastor. That's not a bad thing by any means. That's a good thing. But you have to check your willingness. Check your why. Why are you wanting to go? You have to be willing to make tough decisions. You have to be willing to say, you know what, Isaac, you know, we, we're making a tough decision kind of today about Ayla's birthday. There's some things that Ayla wants to do for her birthday that we're putting off uh, kind of indefinitely because we're in a season of revival right now. And that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for me to do. Ayla, she's willing because she loves revival, but that's a tough thing for me to do and to desire to do because husbands will know this. You just, you want it to be the best day. You know what I'm saying? It's like you all and every year you want it to be better and better and better and better. I'm trying to keep the bar on the lower end of things for this year because I don't want to get myself out there. What happens when we're like 25, 25 years down the road on anniversaries and we have nowhere to go? You know what I mean? I have to write you like a million dollar check or something. <laughs> Amen. But we have to be willing to miss birthdays. We have to be willing to miss uh, anniversaries. We have to be willing to miss family dinners and family this and family that. You know, there are times that we feel somewhat disconnected from family because we chose God over that whole deal. We chose the Lord over a barbecue. And it's tough and it sucks, especially with our family that's here because we're close. Um, we're close in, in terms of distance and we're close, you know, in our relationships. And it's difficult. You know, people are getting older and it's, it's, it becomes more difficult to say, I can't do that. But we have, we have to be faithful to the call of God on our lives. And that, that goes for all of us. We have to be faithful to what he's telling us to do in this season. Check your willingness. Amen. Say that. Say, check your willingness. 
So today, that's what I want to encourage you with. Take inventory of your life and check your willingness. Are you really willing to go? Are you really willing to say what it is that he has for you to say? Are you really willing to put yourself out there um, to do all that he has called you to do? Um, I believe some of us are, and I believe some of us aren't. And those that aren't, just get yourself, it's, it's as simple as making a decision, saying today's a different day, I'm doing things different. Um, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. It doesn't have to be a... Th- you know, people think repentance is, I'm so sorry, Lord. And people think you have to repent till you feel better. That's not true. You don't have to repent till you feel better. You repent after you say it, and it's done. You walk away from it. Once you say it, it's done. Ayla, I joke around because she'll say, I'm sorry, sometimes. She'll be like, I'm sorry. And I'll be like, I've never heard you say that before. Just joking. I think that's the first time you've ever apologized. It's not really the truth, but I just like to mess with her, especially in that time, because for whatever reason, I think it's funny to mess with her when she's upset about something. Never goes well for me, but I'll I'll joke around like that. But Ayla, she's really good at I'm sorry's, because her I'm sorry will be I'm sorry, and then that's the end of it. It's like, hey, we're moving on. But what about, there's no what about when it comes to that. You know, we would do some good to, to apply those things to our lives. Repentance just get it done and, and walk away from it. Walk away, turn away from that thing. Amen. Amen. But check your willingness. Check to see if you're really willing to go. Are you really willing and obedient? Are you really willing? Are you really willing? Are you really willing to sow, to give to what it is that God has for you to do? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray. I don't believe that we need to do anything else. If you need special prayer for something after the service, come see us. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to make a special call. I don't think that we need to today. But I'm just going to pray. And then do you want me to close or do you want to close? You want me to close? Yeah, okay. So, Father, I just thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, if you want to do something here, we're open. I don't care what time it is, Lord, we're open. We're open to do what it is that you have for us to do. And I thank you, Lord, that you're moving right now by your spirit on the hearts of all your people. Lord, you're not filling us up with intellect. Lord, it's not intellect that we're after. It's you that we're after. So God, I thank you for touching your people right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for pouring your spirit out on all of us, just like you said in your word. Lord, you said that you would send a comforter, that you would send a helper, that you would empower us. And Lord, you have, you've empowered us today. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that all those would hear, that, that are here would, would uh, check the conditions of their hearts, check the conditions of their lives and find the areas where uh, they're not facilitating you well and, and make adjustments in those areas. Lord, I thank you for pouring yourself out by your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Is there anybody that has any pain in their hip? Anybody have hip pain? You have hip pain? Come up here. If you have hip pain, come up here. The Lord's gonna heal you today. Amen. Is it your right hip? Left hip? It doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. Amen. Just lift your hands up. Lord, I thank you for touching that. We curse that trouble right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for touching that hip right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that where there was pain, there is no more. It has to go. Now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for doing the work right now. I thank you, Lord, for touching Carolyn right now from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He's bringing things back into alignment in Jesus' name. He's doing a work in Jesus' name. I see you by the Spirit. I see you tossing and turning like you're trying to sleep, trying to get comfortable. And I see that that stopping as a result of the Lord touching this thing.
you're going to find rest. You're going to find a comfortable position and you're going to be able to just stay there. I wish Ayla would get that word. Amen. She just, she moves around a lot. Amen. But I thank you, Lord, for doing a work right now in Jesus' name. Right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Ralph. I thank you for touching his hip right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, all that he has going on. Lord, I've talked with Ralph and I know what he thinks about things. But Lord, you do care about the small things. You do care about the small things. So Lord, I thank you for touching every place that needs to be touched today in Jesus' name. Lord, we curse sickness. We curse disease. We command it to go from him right now in Jesus' name. Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, we command his body to line up with your word that declares that he can walk in divine health. God, I thank you that your word declares that we'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So Lord, as we lay hands on him right now, in Jesus' name, we have no expectation of anything less than your word coming to pass in his life. God, you, you said... Yes, Lord. You said that you're the God that healeth thee. So, Lord, I thank you that you're healing them right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that you're touching those places right now in Jesus' name, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And, Lord, this is just me, Ralph. This is, the Lord's not saying this, but I'm going to pray this over you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would visit Ralph in Jesus' name. Lord, he desires to meet with you. He desires to fellowship with you every single day. So, Lord, I just ask that he would encounter your presence like he's never encountered your presence before. Lord, that you would fill him to overflow today from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for that. Amen. 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 Well, we are done. Um, revival, I want to encourage you, if you have not been to Revival, go. You for sure should go. This Revival we're not just calling it revival. Revival has broken out in Kanawha. Um, it is awesome. So I would encourage you to go um, coordinate with some people. I'm sure some people have some open space in their vehicles. Um, it's a long drive. You're going to go and you're going to get home late. Just expect it. It'll be all right. Amen. But other than that, we'll be back here Wednesday, right? Wednesday? Is that the next time? Monday prayer, Wednesday uh, service and it'll be awesome. So, Lord, I just thank you for your people. Touch them right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, lead them and guide them by your spirit. And we just thank you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.